Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. How's it going, Giants fans? Welcome back to Fireside Giants with your boys, Alex and Anthony. Today, we're discussing the wide receiver core that the Giants have managed to get a lot of value out of lately, and somehow uh, they're figuring out how to extrapolate on the talents of guys that probably would not be starting, let alone on the reserves of most other good teams. So the Giants have really been able to get the most out of guys like Richie James lately, who obviously was benched a couple weeks ago after fumbling twice in the, in the Seattle uh, Seahawks game uh, on the muffed punts. And then you have Isaiah Hodgins, who was plucked off a practice squad and has been everything we wanted Kenny Galladay to be. I think they should swap contracts at this point in time. Um, I, I just I can't say enough about Hodgins. We're going to talk about these guys, guys like Daniel Bellinger stepping up, Darius Slayton's season. He's having a pretty good year. Um, his role has kind of diminished as the weeks have gone by. Obviously, fumbled in the last game. Definitely did not uh, get a good response from Brian Dable there. But ultimately, he's been one of the few catalysts on this offense, and he's been able to make something happen when others have, uh, you know, been, I guess, left out of the equation, left out of the strategy, Anthony. But when you look at this wide receiver core, there's definitely a lot to discuss, uh, probably a lot of negatives, but I do want to focus on the positive of some of these guys that have risen to the occasion and who are starting to develop a lot of chemistry with Daniel Jones, and um, you're seeing the best version of them. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts on that, my man. Yeah, of course. I think that when you look at what the New York Giants have done this season, if there's one reason why I think that Brian Dable deserves to be the NFL coach of the year, it's because no coaching staff, no team in the NFL, no one has done more with less. I mean, look at the talent on this roster. You go, Going into the season, Alex, we, we did our predictions. We said like a maximum of seven wins for the Giants this year. Maybe they compete for a wild card spot, but likely no shot. We thought that they were going to be in another rebuilding year, probably end up with a high you know, early teens pick and try and continue to rebuild. No, we're competitive. We are going to the playoffs and we got a chance to make some noise. And that's because of this coaching staff. And that's because of players like Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, stepping up to the plate, making an impact when no one expected them to. It's been really exciting watching the Giants this year, seeing these guys that we never even imagined would make this level of an impact really having some dominant performances, some really solid performances out of guys like Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, and the rest of them. Kenny Galladay was brought here, paid a bunch of money to be this number one alpha dog wide receiver, has been nowhere to be found, but somehow, some way, Joe Shane, Brian Dable, they've made it work. They've found low-key guys on the waiver wire, in free agency, Richie James, mid-season pickup in Isaiah Hodgins, and these guys have come to play and the Giants are in the playoffs because of how well they have played. So it's been great watching these players develop all season long. I can't say enough about how impressed I am with the coaching staff and how impressed I am with these young players who have just risen to the occasion when no one expected them to. I don't know another coaching staff that could get as much value about as what they've done with these guys. I mean, you're looking at Kenny Galladay, who if he's cut and I imagine he will be, the Giants will save $6.7 million for the 2023 season. If they cut him post June 1st, they'll save $13.5 million. So uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, maybe they just like to wait a little bit and save the 13.5. But again, that money gets pushed. There's dead money that gets pushed into further years, other years. If you do go that route, I don't think they're going to want to do that. I think they're just going to bite the bullet, save the 6.7 million. 
Um, I think they'll probably push any money into the future instead of having dead money on the books for 2024 and beyond because we do not want that. Now, Galladay has only caught four receptions this year for 51 yards. He had 521 yards last year in his first season with the Giants. Um, he had a 48.7% catch rate. And this year, he only has a 40% catch rate. So, meaning he only got four of 10 targets. He's mostly just been a decoy. Um, you know, that that big uh, throwing catch to Richie James a couple weeks ago was because Kenny Galladay was running the vertical route up the seam. Uh, he ended up falling down, and uh, the, the safety kind of watched him and didn't see Richie James um, kind of beyond. But then you look at Hodgins, because I wrote an article this morning comparing Hodgins' stats to Galladay's, and they're quite significant in, in terms of uh, difference. But you look at Kenny Galladay's with 25 games with the Giants uh, since he's been signed to this big deal. 571 yards total, 44.35% catch rate. Isaiah Hodgins, on the other hand, has played eight games. He only started in five games. 351 yards, four touchdowns, and he has one of the best hands on the team at 78.6% catch rate. You don't find receivers with that type of catch rate very often. A lot of receivers, even good ones, drop the football every now and then. We saw OBJ do it in the past. Um, you know, a lot of guys that have some drop issues, but Isaiah Hodgins barely ever drops the football. 78.6% catch rate, and the sample size is pretty decent at this point in eight games, is incredibly impressive, and he's making just 705 k this year. So uh, talk about a cheap contract, a guy that we want a as a long-term asset for this club and developing chemistry with Daniel Jones. And across eight weeks, you know, we talk about how it, sometimes it takes a full season to develop chemistry between players. Isaiah Hodgins and Daniel Jones look, they've been, look like they've been playing together for at least like two seasons already, which is really, really impressive. And Mike Kafka is doing a great job of building on Hodgins' skill set. Like I said before, he's everything that we wanted Kenley Galladay to be, but his route running is so much better. They actually almost have identical frames. I think they're both about 6'4", 215 pounds. So you're talking about two guys who are almost exactly the same size, but play totally different, right? Hodgins, better route runner, quicker, agile, has better hands. Kenny Galladay, more stocky, more physical, um, so, you know, the way that they utilize the receivers, the giants, they like getting guys into space. They like getting guys who can, uh, you know, uh, run routes at a very high level. Kenny Galladay just isn't that. And somebody asked me on Twitter today, why do you think they haven't used Kenny Galladay? And I had a couple of reasons. One, he doesn't fit our scheme at all. Two, the giants are not a 50, 50 jump ball team, which is kind of, is also scheme related. And three, we just haven't seen the effort from him. You know, there've been times where he doesn't look like he's running full, he's running full speed. Um, he's not blocking well. Like he just doesn't look like he's giving hundred percent when you're making $16 million per season. That's simply unacceptable. And the giants have kind of realized we don't see him as a long-term piece. And that's the, the reality is the writing's on the wall. He's gone after this year. If he wasn't going to be gone, he would not be sitting on the bench while Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins got all the reps. But, you know, Anthony, when you're looking at the situation with Kenny Galladay, what do you think is going to happen? And the role that Isaiah Hodgins has built here seems to be a long-term thing for the Giants, and he will be an asset in the future as well. Yeah, I think he will be. Absolutely. I think Isaiah Hodgins has just been so impressive. I mean, if there's one low-key signing, low-key pickup that you want to point to that Joe Shane just knocked out of the park, it's got to be that one. The amount of value that the Giants have gotten out of Isaiah Hodgins is almost unbelievable. Just to see that they picked him up midseason, as you said, uh, the touchdowns that he scored in such a short amount of time, the impact that he's made developing that chemistry so quickly, can't say enough about it. Even Richie James, I like what he's done, but to, to focus on your point about Kenny Galladay, I mean, the writing is on the wall. He's gone. He's not going to be here next season. The Giants haven't even bothered to give him any playing time in recent weeks. They're playing really well. They're scoring touchdowns. They're winning games. Even in a blowout performance against the Colts, he couldn't even see the field, right? The Giants were just out there dominating, and he still doesn't go out there and get a reception. So what are they going to do except for release him, move on? There's no shot that he's in here next year. But I will say this. I'm curious to see 
week 18, we've talked about this quite a bit this week. The Giants are very likely to sit many of their starters. It seems more and more likely as each day passes that they will, in fact, sit their starters. So if they go ahead, you know, let Isaiah Hodgins rest, let Richie James rest, we might see some Kenny Galladay this weekend. We might see some action and just maybe he will catch a touchdown pass from Tyrod Taylor. We could finally see the first Kenny Galladay touchdown reception of all time with the New York Giants this week if the starters do, in fact, uh, take their rest week. So I guess that's something to look forward to before he is on his way out of here at the end of the season. It's it's inevitable. There's no shot that he's playing for the Giants in 2023 uh, in that season. So I think the Kenny Galladay, though, he does have a chance to go out on a little bit of a high note. I can't imagine he sees the field in the postseason, but there is an opportunity he plays this week and maybe finally gets that New York Giants touchdown grab that has been so elusive. We know that Andrew Thomas has caught one before him. Um, of course, Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins have gotten a bunch before him. So it's unbelievable. But this receiving core, like you said, Isaiah Hodgins, I do think that he's carved out a role for, for himself here long term. Like he'll be back next season. The chemistry that he's got with Daniel Jones. Now, is he that alpha dog number one wide receiver that the Giants are looking for? No, he's not. And they're still probably going to go out this offseason to try and find that player. I know a lot of fans are starting to make some, you know, trade mock trades for DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, players like that. DK Metcalf is one that I've seen a lot of Giants fans talk about. Super unrealistic, but who knows? You know, we've seen crazier things happen. But I do think no matter what happens, Isaiah Hodgins will be on this team as either the WR2 or 3. Like, he's been that good, and he has that chemistry with Jones. And I think that he's proven he has good enough route running. He's got spatial awareness in the red zone to find the open spots, get the touchdown grabs. Like, he is going to have a role in this Giants offense next season, and he absolutely deserves it. And I think as we look ahead to this postseason, Hodgins could be that X factor. The Giants offense went through a real dry period this season. And it's because Daniel Jones didn't really have a receiver that he could rely on until Isaiah Hodgins stepped up to the plate and started scoring touchdowns on such a consistent basis. So we look ahead to this postseason. Who's to say Hodgins doesn't go out there, really establish himself as a long-term piece in this offense and make an impact in the playoffs. And I think that he has a really great opportunity to. So I've been super impressed with Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James, but I got to say, I'm really hoping we get to see that Kenny Galladay touchdown this weekend. I think that would be hilarious. And I would like to see it finally come to fruition do you know how many things have happened since the last time kenny galladay scored a touchdown do you know how much shit has happened in the world you know what i mean like war has happened since kenny galladay has scored his last touchdown every covid was still prevalent when kenny galladay scored his last honestly i think maybe it was before covid that kenny galladay scored his last touchdown like we're talking years we're talking almost Three years at this point is the last time, time he scored a touchdown. A long ass time. I mean, Daniel Bellinger scored a rushing touchdown before he's <laughs> before he scored a touchdown. Daniel Jones had a had a, a two rushing touchdown performance before Kenny Galladay got in the end zone. Like a lot of shit has happened in the world and with the Giants and with a lot of teams and a lot of people's lives since Kenny Galladay's been in the end zone. We and we signed him to literally be an end zone receiver. Like that was his entire freaking job. It's crazy to me how that was. That might be one of the biggest. Honestly, I'd be I'd go on a limb and say that was probably the worst contract in the history of the of, of the franchise. Him and Nate Landon Solder, but Nate Collins, Solder at least contributed. Landon Collins scored a touchdown in a Giants uniform before Kenny Galladay <laughs> for the second time. <laughs> Think about that. That's bizarre. You know, since since Kenny Galladay's been here, Landon Collins has been has been <laughs> signed a free agency, cut. Signed to the practice squad, elevated, then caught a touchdown. <laughs> caught a pick six. <laughs> caught a pick six. Unreal. I mean, I mean, there's there has to be a ton of different things 
that we've that we're missing. And I'm I'm sure you guys have a lot. If you have any other things that have happened how since about, Kenny Galladay's how last about clinching touchdown, a playoff spot. The Giants yeah. ended their playoff drought before Galladay <laughs> scored a touchdown. <laughs> you would That's think hilarious. he would have been part of the reason why, and he would have scored. No, <laughs> they clinched before he caught a touchdown. It's crazy. I mean, talk about improbability. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But <laughs> regardless of Kenny failing to do the what his job was, I guess. I want to talk about Richie James for a second, um, who has been pretty solid for us lately. You know, guy is 27 years old, um, you know, kind of bounced around the league a little bit, spent his, his first four years with the San Francisco 49ers, three years, and then jumped over to the Giants this past season or this season. So he actually has a career high, 569 yards receiving this year, a career high, four touchdowns. He had previously had three combined in three years. Um, 81.4% catch rate. He does have a couple drops this season, but that's a pretty damn good catch rate considering he has 57 receptions on 70 targets. Um, we've given him a lot of shit, justifiably so. The punts and the drops, and you know, there have been a couple of issues with him that I don't every time he has the ball, he's not a big guy, right? He's like what five nine, 185 pounds. He's pretty small. Every time he gets the ball, I'm absolutely mortified. Like absolutely terrified he's going to fumble the football he gets hit and he just goes flying like he's not a big guy um so it's it, i imagine it's not that hard to get the ball out of his hands as we've seen on the punts so you know now but now we're seeing actually a different version of him lately he's kind of stepped up in his past game 76 yards and a touchdown in fact over his last two games he has 166 yards and a score that's pretty damn impressive i have to say aside from that one bad third and five drop um against minnesota he had eight catches on 11 targets in that game which is definitely very very impressive um his role has gotten more like so after that seattle game this is actually interesting this reminds me a lot of isaiah mckenzie if you if you guys know who he, isaiah mckenzie is on the buffalo bills um he muffed a kick and they benched him after it and then he was in the doghouse for like two or three weeks and he didn't do anything and then he bounced back and had like a two touchdown, like hundred yard performance. And, and Brian Dable was like a big catalyst. And then he was like really happy for him. It's actually a whole thing. You can go read about it online. Richie James follows a very similar uh, kind of strategy here. Jacksonville, you see his offensive snaps dropped from 34% to 9% against Jacksonville has the two muff punts um, week eight, 6% offensive snaps. Now he missed the next game because I believe he had a concussion and then he bounces back 22% offensive snaps. Then it, it bubbles to 70%, 52%. That's been really 90 between 90 and 80% ever since then. So the injury definitely knocked him down a little bit, but he had been dealing um, with just kind of being in the doghouse as well. So it's kind of nice to see that he's regained the trust of the coaching staff. And I do like how the, how the team allows players the opportunity to resurrect their, their seasons and, and, and not put them in the doghouse forever. Like Kenny Galladay just kind of was tossed in the doghouse. And I think mainly because he's making so much money, but some of these guys like Richie James, who struggled at one point this year have bounced back and had a pretty nice impact on this team. So, you know, big kudos to him, but you know, what are your, what are your thoughts about Richie James during the postseason? Now, what do you think his impact could be? Cause we know Isaiah Hodges has carved out a nice role for himself, but do you think Richie James is going to be a big factor in this offense? Yeah, I think Richie James is playing that Sterling Shepard role in a way, you know, that dependable slot receiver that you mainly target on third downs. Now, I think that he's done a good job, but of course, that third down drop against Minnesota really stands out. That's one he wants to get back and one he might get back, right? We might have a situation where the Giants are playing the Vikings again in the postseason and Richie James gets open on a third down in two weeks. And he has the opportunity to make up for it. I mean, we will all forget about that regular season drop if he goes into the postseason, has the same opportunity, and makes the play this time. So 
That's going to be his role. Get open on those third downs. Be that dependable slot receiver that Daniel Jones desperately needs. He's needed that ever since Sterling Shepard went out of the lineup with an injury. Then, of course, Wondell Robinson steps in. He's that dependable slot receiver. He's out of the lineup with an injury. So now we're calling upon Richie James to go out there and make that impact. And unbelievably, he's been making it. So I, I'm, I'm proud of the guy. Like, honestly, to be in the doghouse, as you mentioned, get out of the doghouse. And now to be barking with the big dogs. Hell yeah. Yes, sir. He is doing a great job. I'm really impressed with the way that these players have played and just risen to the occasion so yeah what is his role going to be i think he's just going to be that underneath quick receiving threat you get open fast and then you turn up field and you hold on to the ball for dear life and you make sure you don't fumble that's what richie james's role is going to be and i think he does play that role pretty well and i gotta say i'm doing a little breakdown it'll be up on the channel in a couple of days uh, of daniel jones's touchdowns from this last game that first touchdown pass, Richie James really did create that because if you watch that play, yeah, Daniel Jones extended the play with his legs, but there was nobody open until Richie James broke open. He made a fake. He tried to go upfield, saw that there was a bunch of coverage. Then he completely toasted a cornerback on a turnaround and got himself open in the front of the end zone for Daniel Jones to deliver the strike. So Richie James is a pretty high IQ player. I know people want to say, uh, you know, do you want to criticize him because of the fumbles against Seattle? But he is a high IQ player and he's made an impact and he does have the awareness to go ahead and make a clutch play in the Giants offense. So don't discount this guy as we head into the postseason. I know it's not like the Giants have the Dallas Cowboys receiving core out there with CeeDee Lamb and all the other great players that they have, but they do have some quality players who are smart and they rise to big occasions. And I think that Richie James, yeah, he had that one bad moment in Seattle and he's had that drop from Minnesota. He's had his drops, but really when you look at his catch rate, it's damn high, and he is playing some good football right now. The Giants have some quality players. They're not stars. They're not big names, but they're out there, and they're putting in the work, and that's the reason that the Giants are in the postseason. So that's going to be his role, third down receiver, slot receiver underneath, and he's been playing it really well the past few weeks, and I think that's going to continue into the postseason. Absolutely. So there's one more guy I want to discuss, and that's Darius Slayton. Now, he's going to be a free agent after this season, as we all know. But Darius Slayton has done pretty well this year for the most part. 724 yards and two touchdowns. Now, he's almost, he's about, what, 16 yards away from reaching his rookie total, which is his career high at the time, at the moment. Um, although he had eight touchdowns back in uh, 2019. Now, he has had some drop issues. He fumbled in the last game, but he does have a career high 64.8% catch rate, which is definitely notable. And he's on 10.2 yards per target, um, so which is which is also a career career high by almost double so you know you're looking at Slayton right now the way I see it with Slayton is that he's a boomer bust um one week he'll have a great game he'll have a touchdown and 80 yards and the next day he'll have 15 yards and basically be factored out if the Giants play Minnesota I'd be willing to bet that Slayton has one big catch downfield because I think that Minnesota is going to go into this game thinking we got to stop Isaiah Hodges at all at all costs right he had a touchdown and 89 yards in that game he's their wide receiver one at the, I guess, de facto wide receiver one. And of course you got Saquon Barkley playing a big role too. But if I'm Minnesota, I'm saying we got to find a way to lock down Isaiah Hodges. Cause he just destroyed our best, I guess, veteran corner in, uh, in Patrick Peterson. So he, he really went to, went to town on him. And when I'm looking at Darius Slayton, I might be thinking, all right, let's use Hodgins to our advantage and let's get Slayton into an opportunity where we're just kind of like feeding the ball to Hodgins, getting the ball to Hodgins, you know, kind of just, just baiting Minnesota and then run a specific play that allows Slayton to beat that secondary and use that speed downfield and have, and have Daniel Jones just launch one um, into the abyss. So that's kind of how I think Slayton's role is defined is like, he's not a guy that's going to beat you every time. He's not a guy that's going to just take over a game, 
but he's a guy that when the defense is sleeping, he's, he's awake. You know what I mean? Like he, he wakens when the defense is kind of, uh, is kind of not paying attention. They're kind of resting. They're sleeping. They're not really looking at him. That's when he makes his money. That's when he becomes a dangerous threat. So against Minnesota, I'd be trying to use Isaiah Hodges as bait. And then I'd be trying to get Slayton downfield and try to get a big chunk play, maybe a touchdown out of it. So um, keep that in mind. So I'm, I'm, that's that's my projection. I think Hodgins still has a very good game against everyone that we play. But I think that Slayton's role should not be diminished at this point. I don't think that we should be looking down on Slayton because he hasn't had um, a great game in a couple of weeks. He had 79 yards against Minnesota. So it's not even like it was a bad game. But more so, I think that that big touchdown catch that one against the Washington last year that he dropped, or was that two years ago? Like he's had a couple moments where like we needed him to make a play. I think this is where it all comes back and he makes that big play and he, and he gets into the end zone. And we're like, finally, like he really, he finished it off. Um, we don't have to wait any longer and, and, and be disappointed. But you know, when you're looking at Darius Slayton, Anthony, how do you see him making an impact the rest of the way during the postseason? Obviously he's a vertical guy. He's a speed guy. You know, they've really done a good job getting him on the crossers. Um, but I do think that he is a catalyst on this offense that could come up and make some big plays down the stretch. Yeah, I think exactly what you mentioned there. He's kind of a boomer bust player. He enters the lineup. He either makes a big play or he kind of doesn't really do much. That's like prototypical deep threat receiver. It's the guy that you throw on the field when you need to stretch the field, right? When you need to start pushing up against those safeties and opening things up underneath, that's what Darius Slayton does well. So even if he's not putting up a bunch of receptions every game and he's not putting up a bunch of yards, you can't diminish the impact of a player like that because his primary job is to be fast and get behind the defense. And what that does is whenever he's on the field, the safety has to look out for him to make sure he doesn't get behind the defense. So the safety plays just like three yards further back, and that opens up one of those dig routes to Richie James or Isaiah Hodgins. Like, believe me, that really opens things up. When you have Slayton on the outside and he's just running a go, just running that nine route, that safety just has to press back a little bit, take a few steps back to make sure that Slayton doesn't burn him. And then you have that post or you have that dig route coming right across the middle of the field. And that's that little cushion that Darius Slayton created right there for Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James. So he is making an impact. He is doing his job. He's playing his role very well because he's just a speeder. He's a speedster. He's just a deep threat wide receiver that you throw out there when you need to stretch the field. And he is doing it well. So I agree with you. I think he has an opportunity to make a big play. When the Giants want to take shots downfield, more often than not, they're taking those shots to Darius Slayton. He has a knack for getting his hands on the ball. Whether he catches it or not is another discussion. But he's a knack for getting his hands on the ball in those 50-50 situations that are downfield of 30, 40 plus yards. So Jones is going to take a few shots in the postseason, especially if they make it deep into the postseason. They need to generate some explosive plays. He's going to take those shots to Darius Slayton. Big play Slay is going to go deep downfield and he's going to throw it up and just hope and pray that Slayton catches it. But of course, like I said, the main impact that he really creates, though, just by being that deep threat on the field, he forces the defense to take that step back and opens things up underneath. So go ahead and rewatch that third down that uh, Richie James dropped. I bet you that Darius Slayton was running a deep route on that play and opened things up over the middle of the field for Richie James. And I think that's probably happened many times this season where some of these guys have gotten open underneath while Slayton is just running downfield, wasting his breath, wasting his energy, opening things up for his teammates. It's a selfless role that he's forced to play. He's not the most dependable receiver. He's not the best route runner, but that role is selfless. He goes out there and he basically acts as a diversion and, and a decoy and just a piece of the puzzle for each offensive play. And that opens things up for everyone else. So again, Darius Slayton, we're getting the most out of him. He barely even made the team this season. And now he's, I think he's the leading receiver. So it's really impressive what he's done. And I think that there are some big plays in store for him as we enter this final stretch into the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, I mean, sometimes you just can't measure that type of value on paper because you don't see the yards, but you know, he, when you're dragging that extra free safety out of position or even a strong safety, if you're running a dig or whatever it might be, um, you're dragging a player out of, out of their spot. It opens up opportunities for everybody else. So, 
you know, I think that that's exactly uh, what Slayton's role has been. And um, you can't discount that, but I'd love to hear your perspectives below in the YouTube comments about these receivers and this receiving core. They've stepped up lately. Um, but do you think that they can actually step up during the postseason when things are a little bit more intense and the teams are a lot better and the talent is a lot better? Um, obviously, you know, the giants don't have the most talented team, but I got to say they seem to be the one with the most heart on every, any given week. So I'll give it to them. They, they can compete with the best of them. Um, and I think that we, uh, we should be very excited about the postseason because anything can happen. And when you got a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of confidence, everyone kind of elevates their game. And I think the giants are flying high right now. So we can hope for the best, but we're getting very, very close to this week 18 finale against the Philadelphia Eagles. As Anthony said, seems like they're going to be resting a lot of players. So we'll get you more information on that tomorrow. I think we'll have a better indication, um, especially with the, the injury report coming out and stuff like that ahead of Sunday um, afternoon. So got you guys covered with all the upcoming news. Make sure to drop a like and subscription below on the YouTube channel as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next fireside giants episode.